This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there and thank you for downloading this Property Today podcast from the 10th of October. Georgia Tolly here and I was joined as ever in the studio by Mohamed Alwadia, the wolf of real estate, who was taking your questions on everything from buy to let to issues with brokers. He also talked us through whether it's better to buy off plan than from the secondary market. Plus, with Jitex kicking off today, we found out how virtual reality and the metaverse are making interior design evolve at a breakneck pace. Plus, we discussed how property prices here in the UAE continue to rise despite issues elsewhere in the world. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Yes, we are back in the room. A very warm welcome to you. You are listening to Property Today. And a very warm welcome to Mohanad Awadir. Good morning, Georgia. Oh, I thought I put your mic up, but I didn't. Uh, there you go. There it is. Good morning, Georgia. How are you? There we go. <laughs> I am very well indeed. That's the first sign of a, of a wheel falling off because I, I flew overnight in I from know, London. You were just telling me. You're unbelievable. Well, uh, let's see. As long as no wheels, <laughs> fall, no more wheels fall off, I'll be, I'll be unbelievable. Otherwise, I, I'll be someone who should have come home, slept, and then done my job. No, you're doing, <laughs> you're doing amazing. Good it is fantastic you. to have you here, Wolf of Real Estate. Of course, uh, taking your questions. Uh, so get them in four double zero one, or uh, you can message zero four eight seven one double five double zero. That's the WhatsApp. Uh, last week we had too many. Uh, so get yours in early so that we can, you know, we're very fair. We're very even-minded and yes. handed with the way first we answer. Up, first serve. Precisely <laughs> so. Uh, for the next 10 minutes or those, I want to uh, pick your brain because now whenever I see a property story in the newspaper, I'm a bit like, right, lad, <laughs> just put that to one side there. We won't do that tomorrow because when Mohammed comes in, I can grill him and he'll give us the proper insights on what's sure. going on. Love to. Uh, so we had, uh, I suppose the top story over the weekend was that the Dubai real estate has sustained a strong growth momentum momentum, allegedly, yep. uh, I'm sure it's true, as the property transactions value hit a nine-year high in September. Yep. That's due to a rising demand across off-plan and also the secondary market, though. Uh, what you expected? Uh, yes, of course. I mean, this year has been um, an amazing year. Month on month, it's been records. Um, but it's expected because everybody is coming to Dubai. It's offering a safe haven for um, investors, for end users, for people looking for um, a fruitful ground to you know have a fresh start in a safe place where every other place around the world is uh, witnessing turbulence uh, political economical environmental uh, even health uh, you know yeah, the, of course. The, uh, the implications of covid are still you know being felt all over the world so dubai is the right choice for everybody and um, the, the amazing part is that the government has been uh, very wise in uh, introducing um, uh, fiscal and monetary policies uh, to attract uh, foreign direct investment and welcome uh, people with uh, great minds, investors, uh, granting them several visas. I'm sure you heard on the 3rd of October there were a lot of changes in there the There certainly were. Uh, we covered, covered it, it in yes. some detail. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's, that shows you that they're actually welcoming everybody in a very institutional, smart manner. Uh, and uh, this is the outcome. We're experiencing it right now in the real estate sector and not just real estate. All other sectors are witnessing a very healthy you know, uh, activity during 2022. So I just spent the last four days in the United Kingdom where the only thing that anyone could talk about was the fact that essentially half of the mortgage products 
had been removed from yeah. the market. Uh, it's very difficult to get a mortgage now. Yeah. Everyone who has a mortgage is very scared because apparently interest rates could go up to as high as 6% yes. in the UK. Now, what's fascinating is that in the past, they've been 14%, but apparently people have been allowed to borrow more money in the last decade or so. And as a consequence, the amount of money that they're going to have to pay back even at 6% is going to be way worse than when it went to 14%. And the worst part in all of this is that um, 6% is higher than your annual rent returns. That's uh, a good point, so, yes. So, so people will t- be taking this into consideration. At the end of the day, real estate, whether you're living in it or you're buying it for investment, it has to you know, uh, make sense uh, financially. So with increasing um, interest rates, it's making it very uh, unattractive uh, for buyers abroad. In Dubai, we're still blessed. I mean, the uh, rates are not as high as other parts of the world. And uh, we have abundance of uh, options uh, where buyers can buy directly from developers with an in-house payment plan, not having to worry about any of the interest rates uh, associated with mortgages. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I was really struck by the number of people who it just came up in conversation rather than me going, so what's the chat? They, you know, people were just genuinely concerned yeah. themselves. I mean, do you reckon that we might see a, a boom uh, for buyers from the Middle East looking to Europe, um, who could, who could? I mean, it's it's awful to think of it, but but no, all those no. people who've got buy to lets who it, need to offload them quickly. It, it makes sense because also of that's another aspect, which is the uh, currencies of foreign uh, several foreign countries in Europe, UK, so many parts around the world. They're with a the stronger dollar. It's making it more attractive for buyers from this part of the world where we have the dirham pegged to the dollar, uh, considering to buy abroad or people who have mortgages abroad back home, they would consider paying them off just to, you know, save themselves against the uh, rising uh, interest rates. Um, Nevertheless, uh, we're seeing a very healthy influx of buyers from all over the world, simply because they're seeing the opportunities here. And they know that it's not just a small wave. Uh, The UAE, as always, has been very smart in setting long-term policies. We have a 2040 urban plan. We have a 50-year growth plan for the country. Uh, a lot is happening, and um, I think it's the the the, the best still is, is still yet to come. Yeah, you still have that sense of momentum, <laughs> yes. uh, and the, and and long may that continue. I mean, I, I really hope it does. Yeah. Um, okay, so starting this is an interesting story because starting this month, the Dubai Land Department will only allow sellers to list their properties with a maximum of three brokers. Okay, so why have they introduced this policy? First, I want to thank Dubai Land Department and the real estate regulatory agency, RERA, for introducing this, uh, simply because um, we used to have a lot of what we call in the industry uh, ghost listings. Uh, So let's just explain it uh, to the listeners. Uh, When you go to any of the uh, listing portals, uh, and some of them are worse than the others when it comes to this. Yes. Uh, they brag about the number of listings they have. Um, it, it was more about the quantity rather than the quality. Yes, it makes so, them, they sort of big themselves up as if yeah. to say, look how many people are listing with us. Exactly. So what used to happen historically is that uh, you will go as an end user wanting to rent or buy, or even an investor, you'll search and you'll find the same property listed with maybe 20 or 30 or 50 different uh, brokers with two or three different messages, different prices, and it drove the market really in the wrong direction because uh, 
sellers were getting the wrong impression that there are a lot of buyers asking for their property, whereas it's maybe one buyer calling all the agencies and then these agencies will call up the owner telling him, I have a buyer, I have a buyer, I have a buyer. So he will assume that he has 20 buyers, whereas it's the same person, right? And then for, for, the, uh, uh, for the buyer's point of view, they were getting mixed messages. Uh, sometimes the property will be sold month ago, but nobody's updating it. So it created a lot of issues. What's happening right now is a global standard. You know, uh, it's going to drive uh, brokerage companies, the good ones, to really deliver the value to the sellers and also for the buyer uh, agents uh, to be able to have a better experience and to get the right properties for their buyers with the right negotiation. I think it's also a very big message to the property portals. Uh, some of them, I don't want to mention uh, names, but um, uh, two of them are, are grouped under one 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 big name. Uh, they're actually taking advantage of this, rising their prices. Um, it's actually a message to them to become more responsible, more careful about how they treat all stakeholders, be it agencies or the buyers or the sellers in the market. Um, they are as responsible as brokers are in representing Dubai and its real estate sector and economy in a professional manner. So, um, this is good news for the industry. It, I mean, it sounds great from, from both a buyer and a seller point of view. Yeah. I imagine if you're uh, not a very good broker or you're just starting out, you're going to see yourself uh, You're going to have out. to shape up or you're going to yeah. get out. Yeah. yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tighten the market, isn't it? And professionalize it, I 100%. Guess. It's survivor, not just for the fittest, but the most compliant and the most uh, innovative. Okay, I'm going to spring a story on you now, which uh, which I, I haven't told I you about before. Um, don't worry, it's quite a fun one. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so I saw a story that suggests that uh, a company called Apodum, Apodum, Opidum, Opidum, Opidum. Opidum. Sorry, there are too many syllables. Sounds many, like a medicine. It sounds like a medicine. <laughs> uh, and the next word is bunkers. Oppidum Bunkers. Oh, my God. So they're designing this company with with the help of a French architect, who I'm going to try and get on the show next week because it's just too brilliant yeah, a story. Sure. They're designing safe underground bunkers ah, okay. for billionaires who get nervous that, or, you know, they're a bit like sophisticated panic rooms that yeah. you could live in forever. Yeah. Have you heard of anyone in the UAE having a panic room or a... Or a bunker, essentially. Yeah. I've seen one in Emirates uh, Hills a yeah? long time ago. Uh, but it was done, uh, it's like an uh, underground, uh, uh, like a suite, oh, you yeah? know, but it was treated like a panic room. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's the only so one I've seen. So they do exist. They do. And what he'd go uh, in and he'd lock himself in, yeah, basically. It had, it had like a full safety, fire safety, uh, super lock, locked in. Nobody can get in except from the, the inside. You can get out. But uh, full surveillance. He could see everything around inside the villa and outside. But Listen, honestly, it was just like uh, something to show off with. Yes. I've been here for 40 years. We've no been one's through, ever needed we're, one, we're, have they? We've been through all kinds of crises here. <laughs> Nobody needs a panic room Nobody here. Nobody needs a panic room, yeah. you're so, right. But, but uh, it's an interesting concept. I think this is coming up now and it's expected, you know, when, when, with the political instability happening all over the world. Yeah. Some companies emerge and they start introducing, you know, uh, riding over the wave and they start coming up with such products. Yeah. Um, it's quite, I think this one is, is literally prepping you for 
for the apocalypse. So not, <laughs> yeah. not, not someone dodgy knocking at your door and wanting to nick all your jewellery. It's literally pre- prepping for the apocalypse. Uh, so I'm determined to get them on because I want to hear yeah, more about it. It'll be, be quite fun. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there. Welcome back to Property Today. An absolute pleasure to have you with us. Uh, and also lovely for me to have Mahanad Awadir in the studio. How are you, Mahanad? Are you good? I'm super happy to be here. It's always an amazing way to start the week with you and, uh, you know, the positive energy in the studio and, uh, you know, ARN overall is an amazing place. I love it. <laughs> it's brilliant to have you here. So many questions coming in for you already. You are, of course, the wolf of real estate uh, and you are ready to answer questions on anything. Great question here uh, saying, uh, I recently moved from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to Dubai. Can you tell me who are the top developers in the UAE? Of course, super easy. <laughs> I, this is an easy question. Um, if you were uh, thinking about the top developers think of the master developers first okay. so we have master developers developers and then sub developers um, master developers are uh, our sponsors of course I want to thank them Miras and Dubai Properties they have the largest land bank and the best projects that are shaping the city of Dubai also consider Amar, consider Nakhil all of these you know four top developers you cannot go wrong with them Okay, that's good news. And that's a very good idea of of how you can sort of focus your off-plan potential purchases. We will have more on that in the next few minutes in the program. However, first up, you know, with one of the world's biggest tech events kicking off this morning, we thought it made sense to to look at that intersection between property and tech. Um, With virtual virtual reality, you've got powerful 3D rendering tools. And now even the metaverse, all of those three things plus more mean the interior design industry is evolving at a breakneck pace to discuss what that means for architects, designers, and importantly, their clients, you and me. I'm joined now on the line by Pallavi Dean, who is the founder and creative director of Raw, and, drumroll please, this year's Interior Designer of the Year, officially. Hello, Pallavi, how are you? (laughs) I'm really good, Georgia. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on that award, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. I mean, I imagine you've been using tech since your early days in design when you trained as an architect. Absolutely. You know, I say that architects and designers, we've been in the metaverse long before it was such a buzzword because everything we present is three-dimensional, whether it's a 3D model, a quick maquette, or a virtual 360 walkthrough of a complete space. So I think we've been doing this long before. Uh, How have things changed, though? Because uh, in the last three months, uh, even in the last six months, I suppose, the tech has just moved on a pace. Things like virtual reality and and the sort of rendering tools that mean you can spin around a design as, as a viewer, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you look at a software like DALI or Midjourney, it's basically an AI software where you plug in a prompt, you know, you say futuristic education space, and it spews out about 100 graphic ideas for you, right? So we've moved beyond virtual reality. We are in AI territory now, where a machine is going to take my job. So this is very concerning for me. But I think on a more basic user level, It was a game changer when the Internet of Things came into play, right? When we had our smart devices like Nest at home, which told us what temperature we'd feel comfortable at. So, again, I think the Internet of Things is getting integrated in our everyday lives more and more now. 
Are you uh, basically now looking at the metaverse? Is that what's next to help your clients imagining the spaces you're designing. I think one of the things, if I was ever well enough off to have an interior designer come and design my home, I, I got no uh, 3D, I got no ability to visualise anything. So I really would need the sort of VR goggles uh, and to be taken on a tour in order to truly fathom what was going on. Yeah, I mean, for any layperson, right, a two-dimensional plan says so little. So for us, we've been using mixed reality, augmented reality, AR, VR on a daily basis. The metaverse, though, is a different play. That's kind of the digital transformation the design industry has been waiting for. What we're doing in this space, we're working with a couple of banks right now. We're creating their digital twins in a platform like Decentraland or Sandbox. We're working with consultancy agencies to do the same. If you think about hospitality, we're trying to redefine what your booking experience is. Right now, we're in Web 2.0. Everything is two-dimensional, Instagram, Facebook, all of those other apps we use, even Deliveroo. How can we now change that into a three-dimensional experience? And that's really what the metaverse is all about. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so I understand now. It's less about me understanding a rendering of my own sitting room and more about creating an online metaverse sitting room that people can come and see me virtually in. Absolutely. So you have education spaces, training spaces. You know what? We should design a radio station for you, Georgia, ah, in the metaverse. Well, and I'm sure <laughs> Mohanad Awadir would love to join me. Uh, Wolf of Real Estate also here in the studio. Uh, uh, I would I would love to see that happening very soon. And um, I'm so happy to meet you here. Uh, congrats on the award. Very well deserved. Uh, you know what? I always say that people don't buy or rent real estate. They actually buy and rent the lifestyle. And lifestyle is actually a product that interior designers uh, offer. Um, uh, even before the project is completed, you know, especially now with technology, as you mentioned earlier, long time ago, we used to depend on fly throughs, renderings, uh, which used to typically look very plain and two dimensional. Um, now, with the uh, greatest uh, technology event happening here in the region, what do you think people will see when they go there? What are the latest advancements um, uh, for, for the industry, for the real estate sector? Yeah, I think a couple of things, uh, Mahanad. One thing is obviously we're looking at more mixed reality and extended reality, right? Like you said, fly through, that is so 1990s. You know, yeah. we moved beyond that. <laughs> now it's kind of getting your haptic suit on, kind of feeling the wind in your hair, the wow. sun on your face as you walk through that lifestyle. And I think the other kind of big thing is, you know, a lot of the metaverse stuff is right now kind of a PR gimmick where everybody wants to be the first in this space. But I think some of it is actually making a difference. You know, people are tokenizing their real estate and selling it. So if you go and try and buy Burj Khalifa on a metaverse that someone's created, you can do that. So that's another play. And the third and the final thing is user interface. You know, we often look at big tech, but if you look at Simple things like, you know, controlling your light and your music. You're going to see a lot of that. And it's not as an add-on. It's going to be your basic, you know, a refrigerator that opens with sensor touch or an oven that knows exactly when your food needs to be heated up. So I think we're seeing that on a basic customer consumer level. Completely blowing my mind. The idea that instead of just looking at a rendering, you, you put on a haptic suit. Is that, is that when it's got sensors on your fingertips and things? That's right. 
Wow. It's a vest. It's a variable <laughs> device. You know, and again, all this technology exists. We just haven't combined the science behind variable tech and architecture. And more and more, we're meshing these two realities and bringing them together. And I'm so excited about this space. So now this is something that I know Mahanad is slightly cynical about, which is the idea that you can actually buy real estate <laughs> in the metaverse. So you're like, you're buying a plot in the metaverse. Look, I, I'm, I've been doing this for 25 years almost now, and it's called real estate. It has to be super real. Uh, <laughs> I, I know with all the technology, um, uh, you will you will get engaged in it and you will feel it. It's all about the senses as well. But I'm still, um, you know, very cynical about the actual value. Uh, for me, real estate has to be real. It has to have a tangible value. But when it comes to interior design, you know what? I'm sold. Because I think this is a beautiful way to really help us become better at what we do. A lot of customers don't have the imagination um, to, to, to imagine what kind of a lifestyle they will get when they buy a property. So with this kind of purposeful, I call it purposeful technology, because here it's being uh, serving a very important purpose. It's actually helping people who lack the imagination or the vision to experience that uh, product. But I'm, I'm still very cynical about the actual wave of buying property in the virtual world and its real value. Well, I'd really be interested to hear what Pallavi thinks about that because I know that you're very visionary. You're very happy to think I can, quite I can far. see her facial expression. I know what she's you, about what to say. What is she about to say? <laughs> no, look, Mohanad, I'm not going to disagree with you on the real estate, right? But I own four plots in Decentraland, okay? Yeah. And again, if you are looking to diversify your portfolio, if you're trying to get on the property ladder, and you know, real real estate is expensive. It's not accessible to everybody. For me, this virtual world is decentralized. It's giving young individuals a different demographic an opportunity to get on there. And also, let's not forget crypto. All of this stuff on Decentraland works on cryptocurrency, Correct. right? You're opening yourself up to a whole new market, whole new set of regulations. And we have VARA now in, in the UAE. So it, even virtual real estate is now uh, regulated. Yes. So, yes, it's new, but I'm an early adopter. I've always been a bit gung-ho. So maybe the wolves come after the early adopters. I'm not sure. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant to hear from you, Pallavi. Thank you so much. Fascinating to hear about the idea of buying real estate, not real. <laughs> <laughs> virtual, virtual. virtual. That word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be the key word. Uh, by the way, Richard Dean's just walked past the studio uh, and seen you on the radio going, hang on a second, why is my wife on the telly? I will explain it to him in just a few minutes. This is Property Today. Day on the agenda with Morass and Dubai Properties for the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai. Choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Right, welcome back to the program. Uh, we are joined in the studio as ever on these, this occasion for the Property Today segment by Mahanad Awadia, uh, Wolf of Real Estate. Hello. Hello, Georgia. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, so somebody's texted in, Mahanad, a, a certain message saying here, Good morning. I saw on Facebook that today is Mohanad's birthday. Oh, my God. Is that true? <laughs> it is true, yes. Is it true? This I'm, is... I'm getting older and hopefully wiser. <laughs> this is very good news. Well, very, very many happy returns. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's the greatest of presents to have to come and spend it in a studio with no, me. No, I love it. You know, I, I usually don't celebrate my birthday. Uh, my daughter made sure to remind me, my wife also. So, oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's, if it's I'd known, I would have, uh, no, I don't bake, uh, but I would have bought something very nice. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I would have thought something very pleasant. Now, let me see. Somebody behind me has organised this. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a bit of a tradition on the radio. 
you basically get get shouted at. <laughs> you know, usually it gets really bad when you're in a restaurant for a dinner and oh, they yes. do this. And usually you're supposed to celebrate your birthday, but it's actually very embarrassing it's when people deeply, do this. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the worst night of your life because and, uh, they come and clap around and, you. And now it's on radio. Now so. it's, <laughs> <laughs> I basically ruined your day. I tried to make you okay. feel special it's and okay. I totally ruined your day. It's Let, very hard to get me blush or to get shy, but yeah, it's working now. <laughs> well, what we'll do in order to distract you, I will return you back to your safe space. Yes. Which Please. is advice. My comfort zone. Your comfort real zone. Estate. Yeah, real estate. And I know that this um, this sort of session, this segment, you wanted to talk to us about whether or not it's better to buy off plan than from the secondary market. Now, personally, I always feel safer with the secondary market vibe because I get worried that off plan they might not build it. Uh, yes, that's one of the main concerns. So what I will do very objectively over the next couple of minutes, I will just share the pros and cons of buying an off-plan property versus a ready property. Okay. Um, a lot of people, you know, uh, are always questioning which option is better. Um, I obviously prefer personally, this is my personal choice, ready properties. I always say don't buy fish in the sea. But I have an exception for that. Um, you, if you want to buy an off-plan property, make sure you buy it from a very reputable developer. Uh, master developers like the ones we mentioned earlier um, but let me take you through the analysis so when it comes to off-plan first I want to define what off-plan means there are three categories uh, and this is important for the listeners off-plan could be totally um, on the actual plan so that's even before they even uh, started uh, construction it, it, usually they come up with something called the concept design they come up with the 2D renderings and floor plans and they start selling so that's literally off plan but you have some options where it's under construction and there are two categories one which we call uh, substructure which is when you see a big hole uh, in the ground uh, and then there's the uh, uh, superstructure which is above the ground when you go above the ground that means the project is really you know in a very advanced stage so it's safer so also consider these three levels of you know buying uh, a property that's not ready if it's very early stages it has more risk with it uh, when it comes to the benefits of buying an off-plan property obviously it's cheaper right that's a big advantage so typically it's like between 10 up to sometimes 25 percent cheaper than a ready property so you get the advantage making your money work harder for you second you get a brand new property which a lot of people like. A lot of people say, you know what? I want a property that nobody has lived in before. A third benefit is that when the property is handed over, when the building completion certificate is issued, you get a warranty with it for 12 months. And also you have structural warranty for 10 years, which you don't get with most of the ready properties that are old. You know, sometimes you buy a property and you have issues with it. That means you're exposed. You don't have the warranty to cover it. Uh, another factor is that you enjoy a more flexible payment plan because most of these uh, uh, developers that sell off plan, they will offer you a payment plan linked to the construction milestones. And uh, I would like to remind here, always make sure that you pay in the official registered escrow account. Now, when you, when you look at the disadvantages of buying an off-plan property, uh, one is that um, you're not going to be able to use it or benefit from the income because it's off-plan, right? You cannot rent it. You cannot live in it. So that's a disadvantage. Your money is locked in a property that's still under construction, but it's not giving you any direct returns. Yes, capital appreciation might be achieved there because you buy it cheap and over time it increases in value. The second uh, disadvantage there um, is that most, I would say the majority of these projects are always delayed uh, or some of them in very, very rare cases, they get cancelled. I'm so pleased you're so honest about that yeah, yeah, because that's how, that's how I feel about off-plan. Th that's what we're trying to do here, educate yeah. the public. So uh, that's why I call it fish in the sea, right? You don't know if it's going to come on time. You don't know if it's going to happen, you know, in very rare cases. So 
I know some people got in deep, deep yogurt because they put their all their money in an off-land property and it got delayed or got cancelled and they had to go through the whole legal process um, despite the fact that we have a fantastic legal framework and infrastructure, legal infrastructure here in Dubai. It's still a pain. You still, don't want to have to still, do it. Still a pain. Yeah. Some Another aspect is that sometimes you don't get what you're promised and especially if you buy from small uh, you know, sub-developers they show you amazing stuff on the renderings. They promise you the whole world. And then you take it. It might be smaller, larger. It might be not the same quality you were promised. So this is the pros and cons of a plan property. When it comes to ready, it's the opposite. So here you, you see what you're buying. Uh, you make sure that you uh, benefit from it immediately. You get immediate profits uh, if you rent it. Um, and it's easier to mortgage as well. You know, the, the down payment on a ready property is much lower. So it's, it sounds like a much easier and a better option for people um, who want to, you know, buy and benefit from a property immediately. The disadvantages for a ready property is that it's usually more expensive and you have limited uh, choices uh, usually. Some of the off-plan, for example, they'll allow you to choose the colors scheme of your property. With a ready property, you have to buy what you see uh, or what you get. Um and you have to start paying for the service charges and the fees immediately. With an offline property, you're just paying as you go. Um, and that's it. So this is just wow. a quick summary of... That's uh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> what do, as, as, a, as a sort of general sweeping statement, what do you tend to go for if you're looking to invest your money? Do you prefer... I prefer ready properties. But yeah. having said that, I have bought uh, almost out of my personal portfolio. I always keep 10 to 15% on off-plan properties, but I strictly and only buy from the top four uh, or three uh, master developers. Really interesting to get that advice. Thank you so much. And and, and, and along those lines, if he's, I think Mohanad's totally nailed that as far as <laughs> whether you did buy off-plan or not. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. So do you know, it always gets to this stage of the programme. We've got like five minutes left and a million questions to ask Mohanad Awadia, the wolf of real estate. So we're going to crack through. Let's go. Uh, even though it's your birthday, I am putting you to work. <laughs> no, I'm happy to do it, honestly. <laughs> okay, question just come in. Um, can, oh, here we go, here we go. Okay, Ricky says, um, my villa valuation to increase rent, question mark. Is it only on empty properties or occupied? Because my tenant is paying 180,000 dirhams, while the same type, the neighbour is paying 240. As per Rira, I can't increase more than 5 to 10%. But will the valuation be accounted to increase a rental on an occupied property? I'm not sure I know what that means. I understand what he means. Usually usually with valuations, there are three standard methods. One of them is called the income model. So they look at the current income and the potential income to answer him. And based on that, they do what we call reverse engineering to estimate what would be the value of the property. So for the person asking, don't worry, just explain to your... uh, uh, the company conducting the valuation that this is the current trend, but as per the uh, RERA index, it should be this, uh, the average, and they will take that into consideration. Okay, so they're not going to undervalue your property just because mm-hmm. it's rented no, for someone for years. And you don't have to vacate it uh, to get a proper valuation. Okay, good news. Here we go. Somebody here says, uh, can you also validate a commercial property to increase rent? Right now, the tenant's paying 400,000 dirhams for a 650 square meter office in JLT, but the market is around 750 and 900 for the same size property. Yeah, that's fine. Again, uh, valuation is not just about the current rent. It's also about the potential of the property. So it's, it's, a, it's an art and science. They don't just look at the uh, current state of the property. When you want to value a property and it's a long-term asset class, you have to consider the long-term potential of it. 
Uh, as I mentioned earlier, income model is one of them. There is the cost model or replacement cost model. And there is the comparable model. The comparable is when they consider the value of the property right now or its income compared to similar properties within the same density. And that's how they decide. So it's not about what your current trend is right now. I'm very interested to hear that the commercial rents are going up quite so dramatically as well. Of course. And and this is something that we've been noticing. For example, in Business Bay, um, we've recorded almost 41% over the last two years increase in uh, commercial uh, rents. Uh, prices. Wow. Yeah. Is that, I mean, and offices fall under that umbrella? Of course. Commercial means uh, retail and offices. But that's fascinating because you'd think that office space would be going down in value because everyone's working from home now, but clearly uh, not. Yes and no. Uh, pe- people are starting to come back to yeah. their offices. We're seeing a lot of companies expanding their ac- activities, their hiring, and also a lot of people uh, decided to um, stop being part of the corporate world and start their own businesses. So a lot of startups, a lot of SMEs are emerging and they're requiring small offices. So there's a huge demand on smaller offices. Mind you also, if you look historically at Dubai since 2008, the infamous economic crisis, um, very few de- developers have started to launch or introduce office space. So naturally over this period of time, the supply has been crippled or limited versus demand you know, building up slowly but surely. Interesting stuff. Okay, uh, this person says, I've got a budget of 2 million dirhams, lucky person. Where do you suggest I should invest them? It's a very good uh, budget. Um, My first impression will say, go to uh, Miras Dubai Property Sales Center, ask about Mudun Arranim. It's a fantastic 10-year-old community. They just launched a new phase. Uh, Their townhouses, which are super highly in demand, start from almost 1.9 million dirhams uh, for a very spacious three-bedroom. Or I would say I love this project. Go to uh, City Walk. They have the Central Park uh, being launched there. You can get with this budget very comfortably a very spacious one bedroom or even a two bedroom. Oh, wow. That is quite expensive, though, City Walk, I suppose. Or maybe it's, 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 it's a dead it's, nice flat. It starts from 1.4, 1.5 million oh, okay. for a one bedroom that's very spacious and overseeing the Central Park. Oh, well, that sounds gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sanjay says, happy birthday, Mohammed. He Thank also you. says that he's enjoying our show. So our big votes for Sanjay. Great. You're one we, of my favourites. We're enjoying it as well. <laughs> yeah, we are indeed. Absolutely. Um, Sanjay says, is it possible to raise the price of a property after I've listed it with a broker and the agreement's been signed through the land department portal? Of course, that he, what he signed is called a Form A, which is usually a contract between the sellers and the agency that he appoints to represent him to list the property. You can ask your agency, get in touch with them and tell them, I would like to raise the price. They are obliged to actually revise it and revise the listing accordingly. Okay, very naughty because I ought to go to the news. Another question. If a broker doesn't remove a listing after a sale, what action can be taken? Very simple. You can just report them and they can get fined if they refuse to remove it on time. As ever, Mohammed, thank you very much. Mohammed, thank you so much. Really <laughs> appreciate your time. Happy birthday. Thank I hope you. you have a lovely rest of the day. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming in and sharing your time, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to a podcast of Property Today. Make sure you don't miss the next show, which is broadcast live at 11 a.m. every Monday, only on the agenda.